Hello, welcome to Adventist Healthcare and You Podcast. We are back with our next episode. Today, I'm joined by our special guest co-host, Tina Sheasley. Tina, why don't you introduce to our listeners? Hey there, Nima. It's great to be here, filling in for Shanna. Uh, I am the Director of Public Relations and Marketing for Adventist Healthcare Shady Grove Medical Center. I'm celebrating 10 years with our organization, and I love connecting the community to our great caregivers and other healthcare resources uh, with topics like we're going to discuss today. Absolutely. So we have an interesting topic today. We'll be discussing healthcare options for when you must start making decisions on your own. Uh, we have our two experts today, uh, one being Dr. Ogechi Anyoku, who is our internal medicine physician with Adventist Medical Group at Fort Washington. And then we have Carlos Vargas, who's vice president of human resources and technology at Adventist Healthcare and the chief human resource officer at Howard University Hospital. Uh, so welcome to our, our experts. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. So Carlos, we'll start with you. When do you need to know when starting out choosing an insurance plan through your employer or if, if once even offered through them? So it's a question, what is the best choice for you? Yeah. Well, hopefully if you have an employer, you hope they have choice, a plan to have the best efficient plan as possible. So that's your first choice is if you don't have it through an employer, you do have through the Maryland Exchange a whole host of options that are available to, if you have specific types of issues, whether it's mental health, other some chronic issues, you can actually purchase a plan that's tailored to your needs. And Carlos, the Adventist Healthcare Benefits team is so great in walking our employees through this. And so whether our listeners are, are part of our family here or listening to this and wondering, how do I navigate this through my own employer if I don't have insurance? You know, what kinds of things do you hear people coming to ask about when they've reached this point, whether they're parents, you know, coming to say, I have a child approaching a young adult, I should say approaching age 26, or whether they're the young adult themselves? Yeah, the, the question is, do I really need it? Do I need insurance? Yeah. Uh, parents usually do. I always encourage them to stay on their parents' insurance because usually a family plan is more efficient. Uh, than going out on their own, because uh, then you have to fill your own deductible. So it was a change in the law back uh, several years ago, and it was a great uh, great opportunity because um, a lot of times uh, people were turning 21 and then losing coverage, and then maybe they don't, they're don't they at starting at entry-level roles that don't offer plans. So the, that 20, age 26 provision that allowed us to continue on the parental plans and then the offering of the exchange gave a lot of options for folks so you can keep the price down as well. So that's the, that's the number one question. Should I get, should I even waste my time getting? Absolutely, yes. And if you're looking, if you've done the math, the exchange, the Maryland exchange offers a lot of choice and options there, even more than maybe a single employer. So don't be afraid of the exchange and, and using it's probably the second piece of it. You know, even at a minimum, if they offered catastrophic coverage, but at a minimum, achieve catastrophic coverage and the prices are, are pretty efficient. Other than that, I think those are the two primary primary questions. On Great. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that, Carlos. So, you know, I've seen many organizations offer so many benefits, um, including Adventist Healthcare. You know, we offer a lot of benefits. Um, and and at, at times I see people not utilizing all of them. So what are some of the benefits that you see people not utilizing or some of the benefits that you should look out for that would be highly beneficial? The mental health benefits are extraordinary. Nutrition services, meditation services. There's a whole host of things, even through things you need. Care navigation benefits, 
helping you navigate this uh, quagmire of healthcare. Yeah. That's yeah, so right. important for young people too, you know, as you're learning how to navigate your own healthcare. I think once, until you're in it, you don't really realize how challenging that can be. So having someone as part of your plan to walk you through things is extraordinary. So if I'm, if I'm a, you know, young adult, like uh, maybe 21, 22, I'm trying to look for healthcare options, but I'm not a new employee. It's not open season. Um, how do I look, find healthcare or our benefits like that? Well, if you're not tied to an employer, the, the health uh, exchange is, is your primary. Uh, and most most states have some type of exchange that they're offering. And so that's where I would go is go on, go on their website. Yeah, and I think you mentioned it earlier, but it helps like navigate our already complex healthcare system and just show us options. So what what's available? Many times people don't even know what's available, but just you know, a simple call call to your benefits team or to your HR team could help. Yeah, you know, don't be afraid to ask. We have a lot of resources that we can connect you with, a lot of professionals and experts. You can't be ashamed that you don't know because it's so complex that we've got all these types of experts that help us. And you know, I've been in it in the business for thirty five years, and it's still complex to me. So let's say we've taken your advice. We've stayed on our parents' health plan. We're 25, pushing 26. What are the things we need to know to make that transition? And can you clarify, is it, you know, a switch we need to make on our birthday when we turn 26? Is it a switch by the end of the year? Uh, Walk us through that actual change for those who are reaching that milestone. In general, uh, you have 31 days. You have a 31-day window from from your birthday um, to apply uh, to the exchange, or obviously if you're employed that yeah. serves as a qualifying event, you don't have to wait till they're open enrollment. It may vary by um, by certain employers, but a 31-day rule is good to keep uh, in mind. So do something within 31 days of your birthday. Uh, otherwise, you may go a period without coverage, and you'll have to wait until an open enrollment period uh, at your employer or the exchange to uh, obtain coverage. And, and typically your HR team or benefits team would work with you to help you navigate the system and say, you know what, this is what works in our company and this is what you need to do. So like typically whoever it is going to, you know, their, their HR team, they could help navigate this part for you. It's not that, you know, as soon as they turn 26, they're, they're done. Like, you know, they just right. need to communicate with them. Yeah. We'll try to create a gap, close any gaps that we might see. Well said. Right. So I, I am fully insured. I'm, I'm a young adult trying to go for, you know, to visit a doctor. Um, many times I don't because I'm a young adult. Um, so, you know, that's typically what we see. So, Dr. Anyoko, is that is that true? Is that what you see in your practice as well, that you don't see younger adults coming to find a PCP or visit the doctor's office? So I have heard that misconception quite a lot that young people don't need to see providers Although I have been seeing a little bit of a different trend recently, I do see a lot of young patients now. I would say that everybody across the lifespan needs a primary care provider. So just as children see their pediatrician at least yearly or sometimes even more, young adults and older adults also need to see their primary care providers with regularity at least once a year. So when you're seeing your provider, you're able to develop healthy living habits. You're able to develop a plan that will prevent disease onset or at least delay the onset of some diseases and just um, have at least some sort of a baseline of what your health status is. 
So is that what you're expecting your first visit during when you're turning 26? You know, is that the part of the conversation you're having the first time around with them? Or what are some of the screenings that we're doing the first time around? Yeah, so it depends on age. And definitely you're trying to just get a background history of the patient. You want to know what their past medical history is. You want to know what their family history is. So that that way we can determine what your risks are for developing certain diseases. So for example, uh, Common diseases that we treat in primary care are high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol. We want to get that information. We want to know what your A1C is so we know whether or not you have diabetes or prediabetes or what your risk is for developing diabetes. Same with hypertension, your blood pressure, or your cholesterol numbers. That gives us an indication of whether or not you're at risk of developing cardiovascular disease. And definitely around the age of 26 or in your 20s, You want to start thinking about talking to your provider about what immunizations you might need and, again, what risks you might have depending on what your personal health history is or what your family history is in terms of different cancers that may develop in your family. Yeah, and I think having that conversation about past medical history or family history is so important, right, because I can speak from personally, I do have extensive cardiac history from both my parents, um, and and, uh, I was able to tailor my health through the channel that is necessary um, based on the risk that I may I have or I may develop in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just having those transparent conversations and building that relationship yeah. is um, highly valuable and important at the same time. Absolutely. I'm sure it's pieces to a puzzle that without them, it makes your job a lot harder, right? Yeah, yeah. Having as much information as possible definitely makes navigating your health journey much easier. And so let's say I'm moving out of my teenage years into my 20s, out of the pediatric world, trying to find a primary care provider of my own. What are some things that a young person should look for when selecting their own physician? Yeah, so that's a good question. And I think it's very individual. I think baseline, you want to make sure that you find a provider who will listen, someone who will be just as much of an advocate for your health care as you are. You want to have somebody who's respectful, who respects you, what your needs and goals are. And you just want to find somebody whose style of treatment is in line with what your values and what your goals are. One of the ways that you can try to find a provider, because it can be very difficult, there's so much information out there, um, would be to ask family members, ask um, cousins, friends, parents who they see, because oftentimes you will like who your family members or your friends see as well. You can also do a search online to find providers in your area. You can contact your um, insurance company and they can also provide you with providers in your area. Um, So I think those are some of the ways that you can um, find a provider. And that's important, uh, an important tie back to what we've been talking about is making sure that your insurance, whatever insurance plan you have or select is going to cover the provider. Uh, I've also asked our colleagues before because they have same insurance plan as you, mm-hmm. and, you know, they get good feedback from some of the colleagues. And, you know, I love this doctor. They're yeah. great, and they're covered by our insurance. Um, so I think, you know, just asking around and word of mouth kind of goes long ways, too. Absolutely. And, of course, it never hurts to go to AdventistHealthcare.com when you're looking for a doctor either because we yeah. have so many great ones like you. Thank you. Yes, Absolutely. we have several providers across all the specialties. So, so do I, when, I, when I'm looking for a doctor, do I just go for a primary care physician? Do I need to see a specialist right away? How does that work? So initially, you should just see your primary care provider. Then they'll be able to do an evaluation of whatever your conditions or concerns may be. And if they feel like they can handle that, then they can manage that. 
But if they feel like this is something that needs to go outside, then they can give you a referral to a specialist. One of the common concerns and issues that I see is young women. Um, they tend to may, maybe only see an OBGYN yeah. and not realizing that their primary care provider can provide a lot of the basic management that an OBGYN can. Um, and of course, you know, if there's something that the PCP cannot handle, then they can refer out to the OBGYN. And definitely if a woman is trying to conceive or is pregnant, then for sure they definitely want to see their OBGYN. But otherwise, for most basic things, we can we can manage those as well. And I think the good thing about the PCP is they, they know all kinds of specialties and who to refer to mm-hmm. and where to refer to and when kind of thing. So it's like yeah. a one-stop shop. You go there, like, you know what, you need this kind of specialist, and you kind of get navigated towards there. Right, absolutely. When are the times where you might need to change your provider? What are some things that uh, a patient should look out for and say, you know, maybe this isn't the right fit? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Very important because, as I said before, you want to make sure that you feel like your provider is listening to you, that they have your best interest at heart. So if you do feel like, you know, you've been talking about an issue for a long time and it doesn't feel like your provider is really taking you seriously or they're not really looking into it further or you're just feeling uncomfortable with your current care, absolutely you should um, search elsewhere to find somebody that's a better fit for you. And I think sometimes people don't feel empowered to do that because they might have an established relationship or because a friend recommended them or a family member is going to see them. There's a little bit of awkwardness there, but it's so important. It's important to feel empowered in the healthcare decisions that you make. Because at the end of the day, it is your health and you are your biggest advocate. No matter what that provider has done for you, you still have to be your biggest advocate. So if my insurance changed recently or if my is there a, if there's a neuromedication added on to uh, my diagnosis or whatever I've been getting treated for, how do I ensure that it's covered by insurance or what if it's not covered by insurance? How does that work? Yeah, so you can talk to your provider about any medications that you're taking. They may be able to suggest different medications that would do similar or work similarly to what you were already on. But if it's something that you just don't want to go down that route and you want to make sure that you're staying on that medication, then your provider can submit paperwork to your insurance company just telling them the importance and the medical necessity of you being on that particular medication. That's that's amazing. I mean, I didn't realize you could have that conversation mm-hmm. with your provider and, yeah. and, you know, sending that letter to the insurance company. That's, that's one thing I learned for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're talking about insurance and everyone's mindful of healthcare costs. What are some things that are appropriate for our listeners, you know, when they're having these conditions to call the primary care provider versus going to see an emergency room or having it dealt with at urgent care? What are, how can we help people navigate that? I love that question. That is a beautiful (laughs) question because we do see a lot of that. And then it does um, basically come out to high cost care, right? So I would say most things just give your provider a call first, unless it is a very severe symptom that you're having. So symptoms of like a stroke, so facial drooping, loss of um, control of your muscle movements, or you're completely passing out. Those types of things should go to the emergency room, an emergency. But if it's that your blood pressure is a little bit higher than it normally is, or if you have a headache, or um, you just have, you know, a little bit of a stomach upset, you've been vomiting, things like that. Those are things that you definitely want to run by your provider first, and then they can 
basically tell you, no, it's okay, you can come in, or no, I think you should go to the emergency room. So most things really should be run by the primary care provider first. That way we can avoid lots of hospital visits and ER visits. And it's another reason to take some time and find a provider so that you're not having the unnecessary weight in the emergency room, you're not taxing our hospital teams in the emergency room, and you're getting the appropriate level of care, saving money in the process. Yes, absolutely. Right. Thank you for that. So we all are, we ask all our experts um, on the one thing they would like our listeners to take away from this podcast. So what's you know what's one of the uh, a nitpick that you would like to share with the listeners? I would say that I do believe that everyone needs to have a primary care provider, someone that you can go to at least once a year to kind of check on things, make sure everything is okay. And then also just to be empowered and to be your own advocate. If something does not feel right, if something is this, it's not comfortable, you don't feel like you're getting the care that you need, make a change. Seek out another provider. Yeah, that's that's great advice. I'm, I'm hoping my wife is listening to this so she could get a primary <laughs> care provider. Uh, but that's that's great advice. So thank you for sharing that. I just want to thank our experts today for sharing their insight on on this great topic. And to find Dr. Anyoku, please visit AdventistHealthcare.com and click on Find a Doctor. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Adventist Healthcare and You Podcast so you can get all our new episodes. Thank you and be well. <laughs>